the wrong place. Hello, welcome to The Honest Wargamer. I'm your host, Rob. Welcome to The Debate Show. That's right, Saturday Debate Show is now in. I'm joined by a wonderful human being, Mr. Donald Taylor, the grot terrorist himself. Hello, sir. How are you? Are you well? I'm so good, Rob, and excited about today now that you haven't put me off for another four days. Um, <laughs> I'm so very sorry. I'm very sorry. Okay. It just gave me more time to wait on the GW website to refresh and buy Curse City, and then it crashed. It did. I mean, we can, I think probably, I'd like to focus the core element of the show today, but I think we, we're going to need to talk about the fact it's Saturday right now, it's Curse City release day. We've just seen that Games Workshop uh, Web Store has just moments ago sold out. Uh, thank you to Mac Readiness for resubscribing. Also, thank you to the anonymous donator, Speckles Beat Donal. Thanks for donating one pound to the show. Lies. Lies. Lies and lies. <laughs> oh, Eric Sorbet, thank you. So, yeah, the you ordered yourself a copy of Curse City? I did. It was a joke. I wasn't on the GW website. I bought it from an indie store, as everyone who's on this uh, show will do. What everyone on the show should do, although probably some people have bought it from Games Workshop because we have seen that they've sold out online now. And we know that, uh, thanks to Colonel Cabbage for doing some diligent uh, um, investigative journalism. We are an investigative journalism show, so uh, if anyone ever wants to throw stuff in there um, uh, and stories for us to investigate, they had uh, 5,650 cursed city keys, I think is right. Is that right? And if you ordered yeah. from... And if you ordered from the web store, you got a key, and they've sold out now of that. So that means they've sold five or 6,000 copies of Curse City from the web store alone, which is significant. And 1,250 off the £40 limited edition random book. So, wow. Wow. Yeah. Big, it's big money day is what it is. Big money day. Big money day. Maybe they could use that to stop the website crashing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, maybe that would. That would. <laughs> if you got any experience with that, like, do you know, like, what e-commerce stores could do to, like, is this something you're aware of? So, so many things. Um, but at the end of the day, as we'll discuss, which is a, uh, a potentially a side point, um, GW may just be a model store um, and not a rules or website company. So maybe we're expecting too much, Rob. I, I mean, it's in their core. Their core mission statement is said we're going to make miniatures and sell them. They've promised nothing else, and like it's us that's yeah. sticking that on them, to be fair. Uh, I just want to say hello to everyone in the chat. Uh, Tristan says, hi, Rob, and little Nathan. Wow. Uh, or Donald. Wow. Uh, <laughs> or Colin's son is another version of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Squiddy Hugh says, just put you guys on my phone in front of my one-year-old while he's having his lunch. He started cackling like crazy, man, straight away. Not sure if it's Rob or Donal. Oh, Hugh. Oh. Lovely. I'm into that. Probably me. <laughs> it definitely is you, Donal. And already, by the way, you've already exceeded the word count of the birthday show. Uh, you've already said more words than the birthday show. Yeah, I need to apologise to all my fans because you've asked me this for this to be a a constructive discussion, and me just going, "Yeah, might not be the uh, what you were expecting." Yeah. So Donald's in today on the conversation, which is going to be uh, really fun. But before the show starts, I want to say thank you to Helgamar, Gypsy Danger, who's here. Uh, who'd have thought full scarcity and rubbish website will crash each and every time they uh, overhype their limited runs? Gypsy Danger, we're all agree. Uh, but the models are sweet ass, and I hope you guys enjoy it. I didn't pick it up. My morning was brilliant, if I don't mind quickly telling you, because this occurred. Someone sent me some flowers, which is lovely. 
And it was someone from the community. I think I knew who it was. And if it is you, you're 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 a cute legend, and I hope you're enjoying uh, your uh, your smoothie right now. Uh, but I got sent some flowers, and um, not really sure how I feel about getting sent flowers. But I loved it. Is how I feel. So thanks very much, uh, whoever sent me some flowers. That's lovely. <laughs> that is adorable. You know, everybody's going to start sending you flowers, right? Like that's uh, <laughs> the takeaway. It's. Forget about the donate or trying to raise money for uh, the new cameras. It's just going to be hundreds of pounds spent on dodgy looking flowers. <laughs> but it was lovely. And I really appreciate it. I want you to know I've got my little note. Uh, it's right here on my desk and it's never leaving my desk for the rest of the time. So I just want to say thanks. It's very much appreciated. I wish I could send you all flowers. Uh, but instead, I'm going to send you to a trip to the salt mines with me and Donal. That's what we're going to talk about today. Um- I'm not salty. Um, I am in the best place I've ever been in when it comes to my relationship with Games Workshop and the rules that they create. In what way? I've just accepted what what they produce, which is terrible rules. (laughs) (laughs) But but I'm no longer salty about it. I went through the salt mine and I'm just in a gold mine if that's how mines work. I don't think it is, though. I think you can. Like You go through one layer... And then you get into like and, another layer. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I described it as I tunneled my way through the salt mine onto the fields of acceptance. Yes, that's where I am. I'm on the fields of joy, which is post acceptance to just, I enjoy the, the greatness of the inconsistencies. Same, same. Uh, right. So the big debate that we're about to just start discussing uh, for you guys is the big debate is. There are two rules writers. Now, I think there are actually technically three rules writers for the Age of Sigmar range nowadays. However, that doesn't fit into our story, and therefore we already are throwing that out of the window. doesn't fit into our narrative, so there are two rules it's, writers. It's not that it doesn't fit into the narrative. It's just we don't have a three-letter word within in it that suitably allows us to differentiate. I mean, Jin Guy would have worked, but not, not well enough, I don't think. No. It's, I wouldn't understand it, Rob. It would go <laughs> over my head. <laughs> By the way, is there any reason you're called Ron? Um, just before we get kick-started on the... <laughs> yes, uh, someone, so one of our YouTube commenters. Give me an opportunity to thank everyone who watches on YouTube or anyone who listens to the podcast or is on Patreon. You're all very much loved and appreciated. Thank you. Is um, uh, He said, hey, I've been listening to your content for years, Ron. Really love it. Thank you very much. Uh, hope you're okay. And more than likely a typo, but I do love the idea that for literally three years, uh, like their podcaster has been, uh, every time I've said, hello, welcome to the Wargamer. War Gamer. I'm your host, Rob. He hears Ron. Really excited by that. That's uh, That makes me happy. <laughs> so that's yeah, why I'm called Ron it, today. It's not like the two letters are beside each other on the keyboard, so... No, it's more than yes. likely a typo, but like I want, I'm crafting stories here as well. Let's go, Ron. <laughs> Let's go, Ron. <laughs> Ron and Don. <laughs> then we get the Ron and Don show, and we could do this time and again, and I'm into that. Uh, so the exactly. premise is, so here's the premise for you guys. The premise is that there are two rules writers, and one does the bin books, and one does the sin books. There's an addendum to this as well, though, Donald, right? Yes, of course. There's always an addendum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, the addendum is is that there's also not in any way an editor that that fuses those two warring energies together in any way no one goes well the points for that and the points for that seem incongruent with each other or the rules for that and the rules for that seem incongruent with each other how are you guys feeling like they 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 don't converse i would say um 
I love your Kings of War coverage, Ron. Followed it for years. Thanks, Chuck BLC. <laughs> <laughs> is addendum an addition it is an addition yeah in addition would you say that that seems fair from the outset like have you got a <laughs> like you do <laughs> like you do the anonymous subscriber rod is my favorite for donating a pound to the show <laughs> <laughs> uh Donal, would you say that there feels like so that's the that's the premise that's the premise before we go any further would you say that there is two different rules writers like two camps i would definitely say there's two different feels of what the game is supposed to be and when you think about the game in terms of what we want to get out of it um they approach the game very differently and i think that's the that's where they probably create the different roles based on their different expectations of what we're supposed to be doing yeah would you say like and I think that's one of the interesting things, actually, if we if we take a moment and sidestep into like uh, 40k, where there seems to be currently a gradual increase in power level. We'll talk about that in a moment as well. But there seems to be an intended focus of like um, they're intentionally creating scenarios where they're, they're making certain units and certain elements of armies significantly better purposefully. Like it feels like each book is like this infantry is better. This Terminator is better. What? This infantry is better. And like an owl, owl um, has more damage than a liberator. Is the obvious example. incongruity in Age of Sigmar? Yes. yes, yeah. There doesn't there doesn't seem to be like a core baseline uh, established in Age of Sigmar in any way, and then there seems and nothing around that. Um, so yeah, I would say it feels to me like there is, and like and I think it's very obvious. I don't think anyone who's listening to this show is against the idea that there are flat out two different camps. Maybe it's working from home, but it feels like this existed before as well, I'd say. Um, so it feels like that there are two different teams who don't communicate in any way. That's why the addendum is there are no, there's no editor either. That's the premise of the, of the show. Uh, and then they're split apart. And I think that it's quite obvious from reading through it all. Um, you guys are underselling owls, apparently, is our main problem. Like, owls are probably deadly. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> sure. I, I think, but it's, it's not, again, it's not just that they exist differently and they don't communicate. If you think about where AOS, forget about sidestepping to 40k, AOS 1, where there were no rules and there were, there were no points, sorry. Um, it just wasn't a competitive game. And we are creating a competitive game. And, and GW have created a competitive game with matched play. Um, and that is the constraint that that is causing this inconsistency because it wouldn't matter if you had sin and bin um books and tomes because if the community pointed it we'd probably create a, a more fair um split and it would just be the the gaming experiences would be different and that's where the sin and bin divide really exists agreed especially when like things are pitched at the same power level really like a, a book or like or a battle tone released at the same time as another book should have comparable power levels you would argue or should make sense versus each other if you were to read them individually i know obviously the way books are put together is is somehow different i think also i think also the idea that like we have sin and bin writers is actually really interesting because if we take the blood bowl comparison because i think when we compare age of sigma to 40k and then we compare it to blood bowl you end up with this really kind of interesting like it doesn't know what it is 
Because Blood Bowl, they're intentionally designing teams to be fun and unlikely to win. That's like they they, they literally say that. They they, they have them described, um, like the, the players know, the communities know, they're like, this is pitched at this level, this is pitched at this level, this is pitched at this level. And you're like, okay, sweet. So like like and if you do end up taking like I think a halfling team all the way through to a victory at a tournament, like everyone's cheering and is like clapping you on the back and that's wild and your dice were crazy, you know, like you've done really well. Whereas 40, it's Age of Sigmar, I think, based on everything they put out, match play rules, points, battle plans, uh, grand tournaments, you know, they do everything to support it being a competitive game like 40k and more like everything should have an equal opportunity to win, really, which is not where Blood Bowl is at. So uh, we, we sit in this kind of like disparate, different place. And actually, there is probably, uh, and I want to make sure I put a pin in this before we go forward, there is probably a good chance for most armies to win in Age of Sigma. Like, you know, an outside chance. Like, an outside chance. Probably actually more consistently likely to win with a rubbish book, or as rubbish as I describe it, than it is to be able to win a Blood Bowl tournament with one of the lower tier teams. So, actually, like, it's not as disenfranchised maybe as Blood Bowl, but in compared it to where we think, I think it should be pitched at. I think maybe there's something in there, Donald. How do you feel the books should be presented to us and given to us for competitive match play. Well, I was actually going to say, should we take a step back? Because um, Charles in the in the chat just asked, do we have a definition of what sin and bin are? Oh yeah, yeah, that's what I was coming. Up and to that's next. A, that's a valid. I, I I'm just cognizant that we're kind of talking, and and these are important questions, but we need to align on what the definitions are, and then start thinking about how they should be presented. Mm-hmm. Well, so yeah, good point. So sin and bin. Like, so this is where I think we're all going to start to disagree, which is really healthy why it's the debate, right? So, <laughs> I have a vision of what Cinnabins are. Donald, do you want to start with you where you think Cinnabins are? So, for me, the, the difference between Sin and Bin are, are the, the definitions. Sin is a battle tome that has new and internal synergies that we often don't see prior with new rules and potentially an often stronger side on the power level um, focus. So generally more powerful, um, more experiences, and often, and this is where I think you'll sometimes disagree with me, non-playing experiences as well. So they'll have interactions that we as players don't know how to deal with. And they will take time for the community and individuals to to come about and, and embrace. Whereas bin on on are tend to be the more traditional tomes are the tomes that don't have new rules and new interactions and often have less internal synergies. Yeah, so we agree. We agree, like on on where those are referenced. I think, but I think ultimately, probably as we get towards it later on. I actually think that the sin guy. So, and I think uh, Eric Sorbin is it Eric Sorbin in the chat who put it quite well. Um, uh, no, uh, yeah, he said um, options and loads of synergies. So the sin guy is options and loads of synergies inside your book. And I also think internal, like the internal options, are much much higher, much greater versatility inside an internal book for the sin guy, because it's a very powerful tome almost always. Versus the bin guy who I think really probably shouldn't be writing rules. I think most of us could do a better job. Um, and that's and I think as we get into it, I actually think the Sin guy produces better books 
and the reason they uh, produce better books was it was it, it was not you and me right we were talked about rock paper scissors you and me were saying, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about, uh, me and Daniel were talking about this off air. And we were saying, it's kind of interesting. You would kind of like the book to be like rock, paper, scissors, right? Your castle army um, does quite well against an alpha army, but the shooting army does kind of well against the, um, is beaten up by the alpha army. And then the castle army does quite well against the kind of shooting army. You know, like there's a kind of rock, paper, scissors element to it. I don't think Agency Mark necessarily has that, really. Um, there are some elements. But unfortunately, you can never have that happening because there's a guy over there who keeps writing books that are full of dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, dynamite, dynamite, dynamite. And you're like, oh, shit. Um, but like you and me said, the reason that he writes dynamite books, or he, she, they, whatever, the reason that they write dynamite books is because they make everything work together. And I argue that that's actually a better book. Like, that makes more sense, if that makes sense. Like, it, it works. For every, like, for every Severith with a billion rules, which I agree is over the top, I just want to make sure we're all clear on that, versus Slangor. <laughs> like, I would take a Severith versus a Slangor all day because there's more to do as a player. Like, you're more involved. Um, and so I think that that's a better book, but I'm still calling him the Sin guy. I want to be super clear that that's the Sin guy and the Bin guy is the Bin guy. But I think where we maybe differ, Donal, and I wonder about you, I think the I think the sin guy is the guy that should do all the books, and I think the bin one is the wrong one. I don't know if you feel different or the community feels different. Twitch at your opportunity. How do you feel? So the only potential concern I have with the sin guy is yes, the idea of internal synergy is great. Yes, the idea of having consistent power levels great, although that could be achieved with the bin guy. There's just when you bring in new rules and when you bring in new ideas and new principles of the game, there tends to be a disparity in how different older tomes can deal with that. And that for me is an issue. So if that's think examples like you can't pile in or the activation wars or XYZ that we end up coming about where uh, mortal wo- uh, as an example you don't get a mortal wound save and then there'll be things that automatically hit and you end up having loads of new rules which keeps the game fresh but is very difficult to deal with if you don't have the tools in your remit to do and that's the only that's where i get frustrated as, as someone who plays um some of the older books and not necessarily meta chasing uh, it, it just becomes a very difficult thing to deal with it's a it's a trade-off that you need to keep the game fresh and I think I don't necessarily know if it, if that's because it's the sin guy or if actually it's just because the sin guy has new ideas and tests them out, and then eventually everybody kind of gets similar um, similar rules that allow them to catch up. Yeah, like like it's it's quite clear. Like so so that's the kind of definition between sin and bin. The sin guy w- creates more powerful books generally, but I think that creates more powerful books because the books themselves work together together better. He has more options. Bin guy opposite still can sometimes create powerful books because when we get into what we think is sin and bin um uh like can still create powerful books but normally it's because something is just underpointed or there's just a good rule that stands out but we'll get on that in a bit um right so what do you think like what do you think the hallmarks are of either of the two books don't have you got have you got any kind of hallmark traits for either of the two writers so so hallmark traits allegiance abilities making sense slash working mm-hmm. um so you, uh, we can discuss specific examples. I don't know how much you want to go through all the books. Uh, you can, um, if you, any that pop up or like that are relevant to him. So, 
Um, so let's go with the Legion's abilities working. Command abilities, um, again, being relatively strong. A mix of artifacts that, that work as well. So not just limited to, to one artifact because everything else is kind of rubbish. Um, and a, a solid, and this is probably the most important thing, internal synergy where, where you don't see just one book, one list sort of dominating the um the meta or dominating the the tone yeah i think so i think i think that there's like a couple of like key traits as soon as you start reading your book and if you've got your book at home and you're like i wonder if my book's a sim book or a bim book you can go through it i think uh overwrought rules which make no sense um so uh we'll look at some examples of that in a bit but like specifically command traits or even artifacts for the new sinesh book are a good example in my opinion of bin abilities yeah where you read a lot and nothing happens is a good example of like a bin trait writing. And we see that quite a few times in some of the books that I'll talk about. Um, abilities that you see time and time again in a book, like this unit can reroll charges, this unit can reroll charges, this unit can reroll charges, this command ability, this sub-faction. It's like, I get it, I can reroll charges, but do you not get that I should have reroll charge, run and charge, retreat and charge in like three different places. And then I can, I can really build this over stack of combos, which is cool, but also allows my opponent to take elements of those combos away if they kill a character or if they kill the unit or if they they trap them in like so there's something in there so um i think those are some of the core traits of like the bin books ultimately also really poor sub factions that don't create better internal diversity i think parity is probably like uh, maybe the wrong way to talk about it because if you look at the cities of sigma book there are some quite clearly better sub factions but they allow you to play your army very differently in all of the sub-factions. And some of them are better than the others, but the, they, they at least create diversity, maybe not parity. Whereas if you look at Skaven, and then if you look at Gits as two examples, where they don't have... Sub, they kind of have allegiance. I think that was written by the same guy, who's the Bing guy, in my opinion. Like, they, the same... <laughs> don't get mad at me <laughs> it's sad but true yeah. um, like I think what you uh, did you eat all the chocolate ruffles yet did you, did you know I got chocolate truffles Tristan are these from you oh I got truffles too I, oh you guys are lovely anyway uh, <laughs> um, I'm sorry I'm excited I got truffles the um, uh, yeah so I think the those are some of the traits of the of the the uh, the bin guy the sin guy is the opposite way where i think he understands he she they uh, understand writing uh, diverse sub factions so you get diversity which i think is important spell laws which work and interact with everything else uh, command abilities that work with everything else uh, artifacts which aren't overly wordy um or create some sort of nightmare reading experience which is the worst um uh, and uh, and then for some reason is also aggressively pointed. Don't know. I want to bring us onto this before we go any further. Does it? Because this is, touches on the addendum part. Is it not crystal clear that whoever writes their book, let's say, let's do Daughters of Cain versus Sinesh at the moment. The Daughters of Cain person wrote the points for theirs. The Sinesh wrote the points for theirs, and no one had a conversation between them. Is how it feels. It feels like either they, it's either intentional or on unintentional, uh, and I'm. I like to think it's unintentional, but it certainly feels like there's not a, a consistency when it comes to, um, power levels. 
power levels determined by points because there's two elements to this right there's one which is power levels determined by choice which in general they can fix during the faqs because they specifically update points during the winter and summer faqs normally Uh, and then there's power levels determined by war scrolls which actually is entirely different um because they don't tend to update rules between faqs unless there's something specifically wrong uh yeah the um they yeah they, they i think the fact that there's no relationship it feels between what's happening oh thank you to jacob berry for joining patreon i think that is what we just saw there oh that's lovely thanks <laughs> in the chat uh thanks to morning about child for resubscribing thank you very much to tristan for the flowers it's very much appreciated on our anniversary so that's lovely um uh, they're going up in the anyway whatever uh I've been thrown, Donald, thrown by, as you know, by an act of kindness, and it doesn't sit well with me. Let's move forward. Um, yeah, so those are the kind of like core things that we see about the books, and the fact that the books don't talk to each other, or the two writers don't talk to each other, is a problem. By the way, if you're listening, you'll be like, oh, you guys are just, we are at the end going to talk about things that we think we can do because of this. Um, because it is really, really uh, important to discuss. So I think I've touched on all the key points there about the differences between the sins and the bins, I think. And now should we go through the books and decide, well, and give our opinion on who we thought wrote these books? And then maybe that would give some indication as to why we think the, they work or why they were written by those guys. Do you find, I've got them in order, yeah. if, that, if that works for you. So Cities of I'll, Sigmar... I'll let you, you drive it. Yeah, yeah. So Cities of Sigmar, how do you feel? Uh, solid... I mean, War Scroll choices because of the the nature of the tome, but as you said, solid sub factions, um, good abilities, um, and and some strong lists, but but not necessarily all the same. So I imagine that's Sin Guy. I think Sin Guy as well. I think uh, loads of internal synergy, which is interesting. Um, uh, lots of the the adjutant stuff, like so. Sometimes when you talk about sub factions, sometimes you forget about battle traits, but the battle traits are also really valuable as well. The adjutant rule is really important. Uh, the spell increased range is really really good as well uh you play them in loads of different ways i mean there's a lot of war scrolls i feel like some of them could have been pitched over to the bin guy to chip in which is why we ended up with like the charybdis etc um uh, like i mean there's some clear <laughs> clear distinctions inside that book go on there is one element of this where if we think who the sin guy is versus the bin guy um there might be a theory that the sin guy is newer and so f- some of the older war scrolls, and we can touch on this in, in different tomes, um, may just be an overhang of previous roles, which don't get a full refresh. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's really true. And also, um, I think someone put in the chat um, is that they're not trying to create a balanced game. We're not really discussing having a balanced game. I think that's one of the core features we should talk about as well. I think me and Donal both um, are on the fence, are on the are in the situation where all I would like is most of my toys av- available to play to some middling degree, roughly. Yeah, like that's yeah. what I'd like, um, and I'd like more player choice. I'd like to be able to choose to do more things than hopefully move forward two d six inches. <laughs> that's 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 my hope. Um, Thanks. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> right, Daughters of Cain. Uh, what about Daughters of Cain? That definitely feels like Sin Guy. Yeah, Sin Guy also. Not just because of the points, though. You can play the army in a load of different ways. 
Um, uh, some of the stuff was like maybe not thought all the way through with prayers in some example. The endless prayers and judgments are really good. Uh, overlapping commandabilities that work well with sub-faction spell law that's also intuitive. Like it understands, the book understands it wants the army to charge and it's giving it you spells and abilities that work on the charge or with the charge. Even Doomfire Warlocks, like, like everything is a viable option inside the book, mainly because there are a lot of things cheap, but even if it wasn't, as cheap as it was, you'd be like, Do you know what? That's a great utility piece. Each piece creates a piece of utility inside of an army. It's excellent. Like, it's it's really good. Like, and then, yeah, it's really good. So I think that's the Sin guy all day. Like, very comfortably so. Um, so is this good Sin a good thing here? We, we, I, we, if you listen back earlier, I think yes, but like, we'll talk about that more in a bit. Uh, so Fire Slayers. How do you feel about Fire Slayers, Donal? I think they've always been a Sin guy. Um, I just... Yeah, like but, uh, see, I don't. I, the, the problem is they've had, they tend to have like a one list pony, and the problem there's not enough diversity, and I don't know how much is that not enough diversity just because they're constrained by the actual models, models, or if it's not enough diversity because either like Hearth Guards and Volca, something is slightly better pointed, and and they just go in one direction. Yeah, I think so. I think also the book, like I. I actually wrote it down as the bin guy. Let me tell you why. Even though Fire Slayers play really, really well, like the wording on a lot of it is quite dogged. Like, and we could read through it if you want to, which I think is some of the key points. Um, like, I'm not, I'm not settled. I'm not settled. Let me just go over to um, Fire Slayers for a moment. I'm not settled on it. But um, if you take the the Magma Droths as an example, they're just not very good. But the mounted characters tend to either be like insane or just worthless in some ways. They're okay, yeah. but they're also in a weird place because if you take the Magma Droth War Scroll, let me get my phone. Like the Boiling Blood ability feels like it was written by a monster who never wanted us to ever like pass English Lit at all. So let me just go to Magma Droth. Um, where is it? There we go. Uh, so it's, uh, is it Volcanic Blood? Roll dice each time wound is allocated to this model that was inflicted by a melee weapon on a four up the attacking model unit suffers a mortal wound. Okay, it's better than it was. Better than it was, so it's not as bad. Roaring Fire Stream. This is their um, shooting attack. Do not use the attack sequence. Instead, make a dice roll shown on the damage table above. If the roll is equal to or less than the number of models in the target unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. If the roll is equal to or less than the number of models in the target unit, target unit is within six inches. See, there's another requirement. And then it's within six inches model, the target suffers D6 more points. I don't know. I feel a bit like even though you've ended up with something that's quite competent as a list, it was by accident and happenstance. I don't think the Magma Drop yeah. was, a, a, was a good version of that to point out. But that's my opinion. I, I'm not settled on that. I don't know. Uh, what do you think? I, I just think there's, there's constraints regarding the ability to diversify and create synergies. So, so maybe that is bin guy because, as you said, it doesn't mean it's it's just underpowered. It's it's pretty wordy. So, yeah, I think I think it's fairly wordy. Uh, wordy isn't bad necessarily, but um, okay. Fire slayers, you guys decide in the chat. Let us know where you settle on it. Uh, I'm willing to go either way on that. Uh, ultimately, I think uh, if I'm if I'm 100 percent on, it's unsure, and I would have to like deep dive the whole book and really go for it again. Now, Ideneth, the original Ideneth book. Uh, who do you think wrote this? The Bin Guy or the Sin Guy? It definitely feels like Bin Guy. Yes. Thank you. Like, nice. even though they're good, even though they're good, and like, and I think Sin Guy did the Marathi update, um, but the it feels, because the sub-factions do almost nothing, 
It's incredibly wordy, the shooting thing. Most of the uh, War Scrolls inside of it were worthless, like, upon release. And it was only eels and some, like, janky commander ability stack that really produced a winning army. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you. Like... Uh, it just feels like one one war scroll, and they've been they've spent what three years, four years trying to fix it to make it internally balanced and struggled still. Uh, it's better since the Marathi book. Like it's like I mean, it's still the command. I mean that that uh, again, overly wordy kind of um, uh, like uh, legions abilities. Um, I think uh, like a stacking and yeah, there's a lot there. But I think ultimately, yes. Originally, that book, I think the update was done by the same guy because like it, it was just better and it made more sense. Um, so yeah, although maybe it just takes the Bing guys three years, three years to understand how to re- yeah. re-update a book. <laughs> uh, what about Lumineth? Uh, Jesus Christ, we, we know what that is. Uh, that that feels like uh, that's like Sin guy who was super. Who just enjoyed working from home for a bit and had too much coffee? <laughs> like that's 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 new sin guy. Like that sin guy. Yeah. Like I think sin guy might have. That's spent the, the past... third the the third guy, right? Like the <laughs> the new one. He just went free reign. Oh, I don't even need to. Maybe, maybe actually, you're you're underselling it, Rob. And actually, they used to talk to each other a lot. And Bin guy used to bring Sin guy down to like a a moderate level. Yep. And then they worked from home, and he's went like, I am. Mad with power, <laughs> same guy. And we're going to have, we're going to have a year off thing. Actually, side, can, can we have a quick side point, Cause, please? Because I actually think that this whole like move to like, if you think Lumineth is quite strong and maybe the most powerful tome at the minute, and and Seraphim was also broken, maybe they've actually been planning this for about a year or two, and Broken Realms is just like a, a, a has it in the name. By the end of the Broken Broken Realm series, AOS is going to be broken and they're just going to entirely restart the game. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a really solid process, ultimately. Like, is uh, Put your game into an unworkable mess, resell the fix. Um, they, we've, we've... We did this with End Times, right? Like, And we were all like, oh, we didn't see End Times coming. And it's like, really? We called a book series End Times. Um, and this is Broken Realms. And it's like, oh, you didn't see AOS being broken? You called it Broken Realms. Like, what do you want from us? <laughs> We're, we're putting it on the book like get the bro yeah i hear and it we're yeah. releasing five books guys like there's five books coming it's broken realms what more do you want come on let's get yeah i'm with you uh <laughs> a lot of people in the chat um very very impressed with the sin guy i think you're right i think maybe being uh, at home i feel like there's a positive bent to this and sin guy maybe has been working out a lot going for a lot of walks over the past year he's just feeling a lot more energized kind of that's where we're at. Seraphon. Realistically, he wrote he wrote Lumineth a while ago. So can you just imagine the next year of sin books are going to just be high? And then Bin Guy is also going to have had a year where he's not talked up, right? Mm. And so the Bin books are just going to get the disparities. If we think today is bad, um, I look forward till next year. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Agreed. It's gonna be it's gonna be super fun. Seraphon, uh, let, let's just ju- let's just explain why in some say- situations why we think sin or bin. I think also instead of just calling it out. So Seraphon sin allegiance abilities that stack really well uh, with the sub factions you can play as. Or loads of internal diversity, loads of overlapping buffs which you can automatically pick, which I don't agree with. I just like to point out. I feel like there should always be dice rolls involved or some sort of resource management. 
Um, uh, most of the war scrolls are solid and sometimes unique, like Bastilodons, and they're like un like they're one up in vulnerable save uh, as an example. Uh, they've got loads of options. They've got loads of ways to play. Battalions are good. Um, a bunch of stuff. Sin guy. That's my opinion on that. You got any thoughts on that, Donal? I think the other side of it, uh, another test for Sin Guy is if you see a war scroll that you think I would love that in my list or my army, and then it's not really played that much, you know that it's a Sin book because there's like just more diversity and more synergies that you can extract. Um, Severus is is a good example with Luminous Realm Lords. I would love that in one of my um, armies, and it still may not be take, taken in in new realm lords right um and seraphon's the same you've got so much so much diversity and things that work really well uh that i'm just like the skink priest is just whatever um <laughs> things that work really well and buff and occasionally just maybe a couple of models that buff slightly too much and maybe that's where my issue with sin is is just there's just too many buff pieces that kind of continue um agreed i i, I... Again, like I'm not pitching that Sin is like that Seraphon book or the Lumineth book are the right places to go or the Zinch book are the right places to go with the books. But I think being able to overlap abilities, being able to have my monsters be better in one sub-faction and my other units be better in another sub-faction is great because it gives me diversity as a player. Uh, also gives me an identity as a player. And I think that that's a real big positive. I think that that's actually good. I'm, I think the Sin guy is the writer for us personally. But I think he just needs tailing in, not by the bin guy, by someone who understands the game. Um, and the bin guy needs to leave. But right, that's it. That's what goes. Uh, so uh, next up is Stormcast. I've said uh, too old, but put, but bin guy. <laughs> I, put... I, I think if we go too far back, it's it's difficult to to really because it could have been Sin guy. I don't think it was, but I think the Sin guy's found himself in the last two years, maybe. Um, and if we go too far back where sub-factions weren't like well-defined um, intentions behind book, because a lot of this comes down to intentions and, and yeah. that's something we should discuss afterwards. Intention is key to this. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to pass. Yeah, same. Pass. I'm going to pass too. Uh, Sylvanas. <laughs> bin, bin, bin guy was having a hard day that day. Bin guy um, was having a hard day. Yeah. But the reason, so me and Nathan actually spoke about this last night. Uh, we talked about Sylvaneth and what we thought um, was like like the core problem. He thinks it's a War Scroll problem, which I think I'd agree with. Like a one-cast wizard that's 300 points is is fair. Um, but then actually the War Scrolls aren't terrible. They're not terrible, terrible, terrible. But they have no way to buff or support each other fundamentally the allegiance abilities don't really give you that the sub-faction abilities kind of give you it but it's so restrictive holy withins and other stuff and then your core ability your core battle trait is very much written around how you work the trees it's quite interesting if you if you take the i feel like if you compare the Ideneth book and the Sylvaneth book you can clearly see that they were written by the same guy like if you read through it you can kind of there's some parallels significantly so i think uh with the bingai having improved but it was predicated on the core fundamental of like having to use wildwoods and understand not under playing the game at all and understanding that you can't put them down and that then they're all the other like all the other support pieces because they've got quite a few models that could be support pieces they're just not good ones they've got a great access to uh, access to a good spell law no sorry they've got access to a spell law that isn't good they've got units that could take command abilities that aren't good command abilities they just don't have anything 
um, to put into those okay war scrolls. I mean, they've got a teleporting unit war scrolls, a pretty good combat war scroll, a big monster war scroll, like a flying monster war scroll, a shooting war scroll. They've got like the things that could do something and then just nothing works into it, I think is the issue. So like, I was chatting with this Nate. Nate thinks it's a, a war scroll issue. I think it's actually everything on top of the war scroll issue. But I don't know. Either way, I think it's the bin guy. But I think it, it's this lack of synergy issue that is ultimately a war scroll issue, but could also be fixed by Legion's abilities or sub factions. So, so a couple of tweaks would make that t- tone work much better. Um, I do think there's an element where maybe Woods is just a bad um, mechanic now. We're, we're seeing more terrain, faction trains, not unique. So they they were the OG faction train, which was cool and new at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and now faction train's a big thing. Tr- the tables are maybe getting smaller. Um, it, it just feels like they're now constrained by what was their originally unique mechanic. Everybody's kind of caught up and they haven't really developed. Like there's no new mechanic that really sets them apart. So, so they're almost a power creep war scroll issue like toma issue right mm-hmm. um and i would hope that the next allegiance abilities they get is a bit more like, has just something fresh to it agreed i would i would i would agree with you um uh like and i think that there's like a lot of people in the chat here like owen is just saying uh, i don't understand uh, why no sorry he said uh, they've created a reasonable combat army that mainly move five inches and completely nerf the delivery method i think that's a really good point jog plc says silver death are strong in the painting matter though which is fair um silver death written exclusively with the old book in mind says carmageddon and no consideration of the rest of the great rest of the game which i think is also a really solid point i think sometimes when we get the next iteration of a book uh the 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 update but then then that's clearly but again if we look at the version of that daughters of cain was an update of its previous self but was done by the sin guy the silverneth was an update of its previous self by the bin guy and the sin guy really understood how to make the book better like and more diverse whereas the bin guy was like lol i'll just copy paste this i think um yeah uh, um Wait, Born Again Manchild says, I do think this discussion puts far too much onus on the rules right and instead the blame should be squarely on the games which structures this team and the process that leads to these rules. That's going to be the conversation we have after Born Again Manchild. So I don't want you to think this is the end of it. It's not just like rag on two people or three people. And we're also not naming these people and we're more... And we've already said at the start that it's probably three people, so it's more of a, a system attack as opposed to anything else. And it's meant to just be a good conversation. I'm not um, attacking anyone. Yeah, yeah, okay. No, a debate is what I mean. Sorry. Yeah, apologies. this is... It's, it, and, and this is why I think the framework for understanding of what we're trying to get out of the game is key and core to this discussion. So yeah. once we go through this list, we can kind of talk about that. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Alariel does need a th- crushing thigh attack, which you can use on me all day. Right, uh, Beast of Chaos. Beast of Chaos. And it's easy to laugh at Beast of Chaos, actually. But again, I think the War Scrolls on the Beast of Chaos not bad if you actually look at the war scrolls not bad everything surrounding the beast of chaos war scrolls uh ne- no no bin book i think all day i think it's a bin book i think if you look at who wrote things it might it might have been an early book from from people but um i would certainly say that's it's the individual war scrolls are okay as can be seen by a couple of strong like tomes right you've got um dan bradshaw did really well with a very one army yeah. um but it was just there wasn't there's not enough allegiance abilities 
different synergies within it that, that creates diversity, and that's why it's probably a bin book. Yeah, I, I think I think it's the allegiance abilities, like lack of sub factions. Uh, but like actually, I think if you correlate the three books that seem to play the same or they they lack the same thing is uh beast of chaos um uh so okay so you've got four examples i think of like a mixed art well there's five there's maybe more, more even more than that but let's just go for the four examples which i think are going to really illustrate this point which i'll try and get out beast of chaos Grimspike gits and skaven so if you take those three uh, and i'm sorry like obviously all love to the gits forever and always if you take those three they clearly, I think that's clearly the same writer, yeah, who's like, who, who didn't put anything overlapping on top of the core three armies to really make them diverse. He tried to make them diverse, like with some pseudo allegiance abilities on top of them, but not really. But then you just fly over to Cities of Sigmar and the guy's like, and the and Sin guy's like, I know how to do this. This is way easier. <laughs> like, like this, is, this is exactly right. So I think those three play really similar. And was written by the same guy, and I think he just hasn't done a particularly good job of making those work well with each other. Um, uh, uh, and Colonel Cabby says the Beast of Chaos book feels really strange, like the writer really wanted to make sure it wouldn't break the matter. I guess that's uh, that's that's fine. Uh, I agree with that. Uh, so Blades of Corn. So I want you to know, Blades of Corn. I've got nothing but question marks next to Blades of Corn because I think it's probably uh, the bin writer. And my justification is uh, a lot of battalions that do next to nothing. A lot of sub-factions which are confusing. Uh, thank you to the new donation. Gits are the best for donated Wop Out. A lot of sub-factions which really don't like push the army. But the War Scrolls themselves are very weak. There's a lot of holy within. It's deeply wordy. It's the third iteration of the corn book. Um, and if anything, like not overly an improvement. I think you can get a lot of mileage out of the corn book, but I think the book itself doesn't help you do that. It hinders you from doing that, I would say. Like, understanding it's a combat army and never giving it a run and charge is just, it's just bonkers, I would say. So I don't know. How did you feel? How do you feel about the corn book? That was one for me. I think for me, it may just be an issue where they've they're still constrained by previous editions and they're not there's not enough of a fresh look because there is mileage in that in that thing i've seen like owen come up with super interesting um lists around that um but like I someone pointed out the brass stampede the, someone pointed out brass yeah. stampede in the chat yeah right um and the point about the Brass Stampede is it only really became viable when in a GHB ago they lowered the points of Juggernauts and uh, uh, Skull Crushers. Like, that's the only reason it became, like, super viable because you're like, what, that, that cheap for that many Skull Crushers? That is a thing there. So really, like, it was really a points reduction that really made the things viable. But there's so many holy withins inside that book. There's so many, like, uh, weird, like, it's very wordy. And, like, the bin guy's wordy. As soon as I start reading, like, like you could give me a command trait Get me the Gravelords book. Give me one command trait. I'll tell you who wrote it. Like I'm pretty certain it's that easy to do. Um, I mean, check the um, check the Curse City War Scrolls, and I think I think you can kind of go. I I fully expect I know what's coming up next. That is, 
That is bin guy all the way, my friend. <laughs> yeah, pretty certain. Yes, good point. The Curse City War Scrolls are out, and if the same writer wrote those um, uh, vampires as wrote the the Grave Lords book, they're going to be a really good army in the painting meta, which is which is super useful. Um, okay, so that's corn disciples of Zinch, Sin, Sin guy. Yeah. Do we even need to talk about it? Because don't Destiny no. Dice is. I mean, but that Destiny Dice was already an example before. Yeah, I think actually sense. this new book has done a really good job of like giving you new ways to play. And there is bits of the book that aren't good. Like the Karaki Acolytes yeah. aren't good. Like elements are good. And like some of it's like a reaction to... Uh, thanks to Dave Frazier. Oh, wow. F- wow. Thanks, Dave. For what a hero. For- what a lovely day. Thanks, Dave. £45 to the show. Very much. Some Dave people, is the sin guy today. To- some people no. choose just to troll you with anonymous donations, Rob, and some people um, are just kind and give it all in one go so that you don't have to constantly read out new lines. <laughs> That's so. true. Thanks, Dave. That's really lovely of you. And we're getting closer and closer to our goal. We're raising money for two different cameras for live coverage. So closer I- to our goal. It's very much appreciated. Thank you very much. Uh, that was his Cursed City funds he couldn't use because it's all sold out. <laughs> Five five sixty nine sixty nine. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Dave. Uh, he knights the Sinesh. Uh I think that looks more bin esque in terms of like from my from my side, wordy and less synergistic. Because for yeah. me, it's more the synergies. Um, and it, if there's no synergies, that's the the biggest tell. Yeah. I agreed. Like, <laughs> the book is basically like, hey, you can have plus one to charge if you're a sub-faction. You're like, cool, what else? They're like, yeah, you're done. Like, crack on. You're like, okay. Let's, uh, yeah, put it in the bin guy. Uh, so we're not, not too many more left. Nurgle's a bit old, to be to be fair. I wasn't really sure how I felt about it. So, um, uh, it, I mean, Nurgle's super dated. I think even at the time, it was quite bin-esque in the sense of it had, um, it didn't have much diversity. That said, there were some like slow grow power lists that came out of it um, that we saw. So I like Nurgle. I think there's some really interesting mechanics there. The tree, the um, ability to move around the tree, uh, the, so that you could actually play on that and, and move the the wheel or whatever. Um, I I think it's more like sin, but I'm kind of like in the middle where I, I have no idea. Maybe it's just old. Yeah, I think it was a sin- I think it was an early sin guy maybe um because it feel it feels more yeah. like there are there are overlapping abilities like run and charge uh, the tree the fact that normal works really really well um uh, so yeah like I would say that that's that which is if you compare like to around the same time Ideneth and the boats the boats basically do nothing the boats best thing that they do in the game is what the rules writer never intended which is just blocking board space he was like if you're wholly within six and roll a six, then you'll take a mortal wound. It's like, fuck, who cares? Like, why do I have to know I, that? Um, Peter Pratt in the chat said Nurgle is a shining example of what a book should be. And I think that actually is is those Nurgle power level and where you have diversity, ability to, to take different lists is what, for me, the, the, the aim of the game should be. Agreed. I, I like. I, I, we'll get onto that towards the end, yeah, because I think yeah, I think yeah. there's some stuff to put together there. Um, right. So, uh, Maggot King Skaven, 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 Skaven. Who do you think it was? Uh, I think it's very. Skaven's an interesting one because ever since like 
AOS, like Fantasy Battles Day, it's always had so much. It has so many models and so many options that you naturally have um, strange and quirky mechanics that sometimes is like non-playing experiences. Um, so I, they came out, they were very strong, right? Um, mm-hmm. But And there were big improvements. Plague Monk War Scroll was a lot better. Was that in an FAQ or was that in the new No, tongue? it got worse in the FAQ, but it was great at release. Okay, so that for me is like indication to the Sin experience. Um, Stormfiend's been nine, etc. So I don't know, I feel like they were Sin, but AOSP said Sin and then FAQ was Bin, so I can't disagree with that. I think it was I think it was written by the bin writer ultimately. I, I, I recognize the power level that it came out with, and I do think that the overlapping abilities work kind of well with each other. But I feel like if you take if you kind of picture the guy writing the Gits book and they're yeah. like they're like, Hey, Gits are random and crazy, it's kind of inside the book. But then he was like had to write the same book for Skaven and it was like, Hey, the Skaven are random and crazy, but like they're they're so powerful they'll kill themselves. So he kind of upticked the power level and then added some negatives. So it feels like it was written the same, like and and then he accidentally like stuck stuff on top of it, right? Is where I think it is because he had to, he 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 incorporated they incorporated the negative inside it as well. I could be wrong though, uh, and it also feels like like I mean the 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 vortex is just like because it's also there's a lot of narrative stuff in there. The Vortex is 2 times 13. That's its range. Like, no actual thought about what would be good game design. No concept of, like, what is the right... It's like, it's 2 times the number 13, which is Skaven. That's the number. Like, absolutely no thought is and, how I feel. And also, but... also, when it comes to the different factions, it's quite restrictive rather than sort of thematically... Thematic direction. You know, you have to have all pest Like, all pestilence to do something, blah, blah, blah. I think that's quite restrictive, right? Um, so yeah, I, I I can't disagree with Ben. I definitely think it's quirky as a tome, but it, the non-playing experience element is the reason I really disliked it as a book because the vortex and, and some other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. All right, well, this has been uh, so. Then we're, we're we're almost there. Slaves to Darkness has just got a big question mark from me. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of words in it. Um, a lot of the war scrolls. The war scrolls vary from the Marauder yeah. Charge to the Chaos Warriors. Um, there is a lot in the book, but you you start passing it out quite quickly, and you're like, okay, feels very wordy. Um, I feel like it's the bin guy. It's how I feel. Uh, it's been put together, but there are some standout like like plays, I guess. But like, I would say that the standouts are by accident, like they're narratively intended, as opposed to like there's no focused buff on purpose. It's just because. And again, some of it is iterative of past editions. Like the Chaos Sorcerer Lord keeping demonic power and also oracular visions is just laziness. Like, it's such an incredible buff piece. Like, well, it does this already. We'll keep it fi- Like, we'll keep it doing the same. Like, okay. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how I feel. I think it was the bin guy, but uh, I'm, willing to, I'm willing to shift on that position if anyone has any different op- opinions. I, I don't have a s- strong view i think colonel cabbage highlighted the, the marauder war scroll is schizophrenic um it it certainly has um odd experiences i think what might be more interesting is some of the ever chosen books and, and some of the allegiance abilities kind of add outside of slaves to darkness and the other tomes make it interesting but for me it's 
probably been. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm conscious of time, but like uh, only yeah, for yeah. you if you don't have all day. Like it's... Uh, no, I'm I'm okay. I just I kind of think there's more interesting things to talk about than just listing tomes. All right. Okay. Sweet. 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 We'll we'll fly through these then. Um, yeah, FEC yeah. I think was done by the Bing guy. Uh, do you disagree? Agree? Any thoughts? Uh, don't disagree. No, I, I agree. I think it's it's bad. Uh, yeah, Legion and Agash I think was done by the Bin guy. Um, uh, it's it's so mesh now. I have no idea. That's a super old film. Yeah, it's old. Nighthaunt, Bin guy. Uh, Osiarx was done by the Sin guy. I think he did a really uh, yeah. good job of creating diversity. It's really useful. Gits. I think is an incredible book. Everyone who plays Gits is obviously a wizard. And also the army is beautiful, but I think it was written by the Bin guy. I think so too. Okay. <laughs> so many nice things before we get to that. <laughs> more tribes if, I'm un- um, more tribes I can't settle on. So more tribes to me is the same level as Nurgle, which is it looked really one dimensional. I disagree that it is. It has strong rules in the Stonehorn, which may or may not be an overhang from before. Um, but there's such diversity there that I think we actually like in the more tribes chat, which I'm obviously much more involved in, um, there's plenty of different scope to do different things. There are some bad war scrolls, which I feel like are still an overhang from before. Man Eaters, Firebelly, the two ones that stand out. Thunder Tusk was an influence war scroll from previously bad experiences in the early days of AOS 1. But for me, it's it's um, it's a really good tome. And actually, we've seen like a seven Thunder Tusk list work, so maybe that's actually a secretly amazing tech. Yeah, I think so. I think I, I kind of feel what Cabbage is on, that more tribes has been all over. It just has some strengths you lean into. However, 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 I've seen different players, not really, just Stuart mainly, just only Stuart is the only person who convinces me that like, that there is some other options in there. Um, but I do think, like, again, like if you look at the command traits, and I think like they have a lot of overlapping nothings inside the book. Yeah. Like, which is kind of how I feel about KO. I think I didn't even mention KO. KO, the same. Actually, if you read KO and you read more tribes, you're like, oh, okay, same guy. Same guy. You just gave us loads of stuff that meant the same thing, and it's loads of words and no one gives a fuck about. Like, so that kind of whereas I'm at. Um, uh, War Clans is uh, Sons of Behemoth, bin, cool, done. Uh, and then War Clans, no idea. I couldn't settle. I was like, the bone splitters bit is like kind of works with each other. The sub factions are kind of okay. Like points maybe is the issue. I'm not sure. Like, but obviously uh, the Uruks bit's good. The big war bit's good. Kind of makes sense. There's not many war scrolls across the whole book, and they're all pretty viable. So I'm thinking sin, and the sub factions are good. The it's not overly wordy. There's loads of options. Like the like a good example of why I think it's a sin guy is the the you can build your Mokrusha quite differently. So you can end up like making them a Weirden or a Meenan and you can really like build them up and change them around. And I'm like, that's pretty progressive really. So like, I think that's quite good. So I think Sin, but I'm willing to change it if you think. No, I, I think Sin as well. I think there's there's plenty of um, diversity there. They've had, even post FAQs, they've had some really interesting lists that come about. A couple of sub-factions that dominate, but it's still choices that, that you make. Um, and you can make... Bones, like I've seen bone splitters work in in interesting ways, albeit less obvious than Iron Jaws and and Warclans. Uh, so I think it's um, sin for sure. Okay, all right. So um, moving on from like th- that element of it, yeah. Where do you think this leaves us? Like, where do you think like where do you think this conversation kind of puts us? What do you think you were talking about intent? 
So, so for me, it comes back to like this intent question of like, why did GW make a game? Mm-hmm. Um, and who are the who's the audience that they're trying to cater for? And they fundamentally are just a models company, right? Like that's their mission statement. And yes, they have rules, but but the the clear issue we have is that the rules writers are unsupported. There's no like major editor. There's not a, there's not enough resource to provide consistency. And that's the point of GW. They've always done that. They've never apologized for it. Um, we as people who are trying to play a fun, balanced game where you have a chance of winning. Like that's always been the um, um, that's always been our agenda as sort of competitive gamers, but that's not what they're trying to do, right? They just want to kind of write some more scrolls that kind of fit into the models that they create, and they sell out because the models are really good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even if they write really terrible rules, it, competitive gamers are are a relatively small part of their audience. Um, they do a lot of marketing for it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but actually, I think that the us trying to get GW to improve their processes or fix it is just not the right direction to go in. I agree. I think there's loads to unpack about that statement. I think that they're excellent. Yeah. Curse City is a good example, right? Curse City is a game, this is important, a game with miniatures which has sold out today without ever any independent player base ever using it. Yes, some people have advanced copies, but no way has anyone watched any of those reviews in the 20 minutes it took it to sell out this morning. Yeah, so no one knows if it's a good or a terrible game. There is no evidence as to whether or not it will be good or bad. Maybe only based on other box games, but we've got no genuine clue, but it's sold out. So they're quite good at that, like marketing, FOMO, fear of missing out, kind of resell kind of like vibe. But I agree with you, and Prop Joe, may, uh, sorry, Born Again Manchild says uh, in the chat, and I agree with it inherently. I think the core problem, and why it's such a really good conversation today, is that our books are diversely, like, they're, they're two camps, so much so that we're quite easily able to read these and know that there are two different teams or two different people or whatever working on these and throwing them together. And what I find fascinating about that is there isn't just the resource spent on one guy, lady, person, whoever, yeah, in between them improving that. Or there's not quadruple the money being spent on the huge amount of money they make every year and the team isn't much larger and there isn't... It shouldn't be quite as easy to understand that there are obviously two people and or teams doing the two different books. Like, for example, it shouldn't be this easy, right? Which means they're understaffed and there's not enough money put to them. And I think that that is the kind of core problem that we should discuss time and time again, is they're making loads and loads of money, but they're not reinvesting that in making the quality uptick, I would argue. So so then the question is, like, is that a bad business decision or is that intentional? Well, I mean, that's is that intentional and is that bad? Is So I think it's intentional. Having like Agreed. we've had a new GW for what five six years or whatever five years, um six years, um they have ultimately come out and said we are still a model company right and everything they do they do to, to sell models and the game is not something that they're trying to improve in any significant way other than providing new experience for for gamers. Yeah, that's I mean that's that's, that's clear. That's clear from also like the non-support via the FAQ as an example. 
yeah um is, is a good example and any support we do get is via something you have to pay for like broken realms to upgrade and improve your army in some ways uh which i think or lumineth which is like a you know a broken part dlc i think moving the like understanding the environment is really important for us as gamers because i'm not stopping playing the game really important to note understanding that this book is bad like it's like knowing that the Sinesh book was written badly and is bad is fine and knowing that the daughters of king book i think is written well and is good is also fine because it gives you some really good expectation management and also kind of puts you in the right place it's unfortunate but i don't think like you say i don't think there's anything we can do about it i don't think this show is going to be something they watch and they're going to go I don't think we can make GW change. That's agreed. Uh, that's a different point to, to there's nothing we can do about it, right? Because those are two different mechanics. I don't yeah. think we can make GW change. They're not going to. It doesn't help anyone to say they create like bad games because they don't, right? They're super successful at what they do. I've been playing the game for 20 years. I will continue to play it for some period of time, right? Um, regardless of their ups and downs, um, when it comes to thanks to real poly geek for resubscribing and saying this is a job for trotsky rob the the much maligned uh, other version of rob uh rob ron and uh, trotsky rob ron uh, tory rob uh <laughs> anyway you know I, I agree with you don't carry on sorry yes yeah, so, so for me it's like it they will continue to do what they do right and we can make suggestions but at the end of the day they actively choose not to act on these and they will continue to sell out and they will have you know AOS 3 sell out on release day like we we all know it's going to happen regardless of how many copies they make because apparently we're addicts um so so it comes back to intent right and i have come to the very comfortable level of of when it comes to my relationship with gw they produce great models that i will continue to buy they produce a game that is okay that i will continue to play mm-hmm. um but if i wanted to make it a competitive game there needs to be things that i do things that we as a community do to make it a competitive game well so now now this is where i think we we need to like break that apart a little bit in some ways it's already a competitive game what you mean is a more equal opportunities competitive game because right now there is an upper echelon of like four to five battle tomes that i would say if you were to have consistent hundred man tournaments over the next weekend would place quite well in the upper percentile, like four or five battle tomes. Thank you very much to Colonel Cabbage for donating one pound and one p uh, to ruin the number, um, and it's very much appreciated. That's lovely. The I think there are so, and you can absolutely talk about that that meta of, of Zinch, Lumina, Seraphon, um, KO to a degree, but I don't really think they're in there by by they're even there by happenstance and points. Um, uh, Eidneth Deepkin, like you've got some real you've got some real like legs in there, and there are some other armies as well. Like there are some standouts. Um, so you, you do have a competitive meta and scene already, and there's some diversity or some pretty significant diversity, like six to, I don't know, six to ten lists, let's say, I would feel arguing there. And that's quite broad, really, for a war game. That feels fairly broad. They're very specific, but it feels quite broad. I think really the conversation is, is do we as a community... And Donald, maybe I'm asking you specifically, do you want to see more equal opportunities to Path to Victory? Is that what you're really looking for? Yes. Yeah. 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 Because I think that's one of the that's one of the, the, the issues that we talk about a lot. Because 
it, it, it just comes back to this. You say it's a competitive game, but at the end of the day, there are barriers to entry, right? Which is buying, buying or ignoring TTS for set aside for a second because TTS, while it's great while we're in lockdown and great to play, great to stre- stress test, it doesn't help necessarily grow things beyond. Um, it doesn't allow us to like invest in a company that continues to invest in models and roles. Um, if you saw TTS as the future, you'd be much better just doing your own game. Um, yeah. So there are barriers to entry, which buying models, assembling them, painting them, taking them, learning to play them, taking them to a tournament, right? It's not a inefficient process, right? And you mm. can remove some barriers by outsourcing TTS, etc. Um, for me, a competitive game needs to allow all play, like all players or people who want to be competitive to be competitive within reason while only having a small selection of armies available, right? Mm. Saying that there's, say, five top armies, which are, you know, the same five. Whatever they are. If whatever I don't, yeah, whatever they are. If I don't have one of those because the barrier is too high for me to enter, that's not a competitive game. That's just someone then, you, you have to have one of those five armies to compete. Mm. Like yeah. for me, that's not competitive. That's elitist, right? Like that's an elite game that caters to some people. Yeah, it's a it's a pay to win model, right? Like I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess that's, I guess it's it's dissimilar to something like it. And and now's the time to talk about other competitive games. And in this, we move into the esports world, right? And that's where things are viable because in esports, like if we take League of Legends as an example, or if we took something like Fortnite, really, it's all based on player skill. The different champs are sometimes upgraded levels and down in, in, in some situations, or your weapon loadouts, some are better than others. But the cost entry for them is free. Very different, unlike an other, uh, unlike other sports. Ferrari, uh, not Ferrari, sorry. F1 is a good example of how Warhammer is set up. It's set up like F1, whereas one race car team is just better than the other race car team and they win all the fucking races. Like, <laughs> it's, it's that simple, right? It's like a technology arms race. Yeah, but the people invested in that aren't your general, like, Joe Blogs. Like, we aren't those people. That is a, a kind of, like, you know, just a big advertising for kind of uh, the, the car manufacturing world, what it really is, as opposed to, like, you know, and design and ability over, like, a competitive game. So esports is more, I think, our kind of, like, uh, field. And if we took something like Magic the Gathering, which is a paid-into process... Uh, as opposed to computer games, which, yeah, you got to buy the game, but after that, it's just based on your skill. Like, Magic the Gathering is something you buy into. They have seasons and stuff that you buy into, and it's quite expensive, absolutely, if you're playing a kind of, like, uh, whatever it's called, standard, I think, or whatever it's called. Um, you buy into, and you be a part of the process, but it's not like... You have to go and get those cards. You have to go and you make sure those are the cards for your deck. So I think there's something comparative there, but I would argue that this costs more, more time, more money, more resources. So I feel that they're... It's, um, but like Games Workshop is beholden to the community, and maybe that's uh, privileged of me, I don't know, but it should be beholden to make your units viable for you to compete in that environment. That's how it feels. If you take those kind of like three, I don't think F1, F1's our current model, which is terrible <laughs> for people to play in, and our other two versions, Magic the Gathering or Esports. I feel like player skill is super important and really valuable and something you can get better at. And so that's really, really viable there. Uh, And you get that in Magic as well. But Magic has got a buy-in as well. But there's more investiture, I would say, in Warhammer. I don't know. You got any thoughts on that? I I think there's more 
vestiture from the just the time resource perspective, right? At the end of the day, magic, you pick up cards. Here, you have to pick up cards and do X, Y, Z to to assemble them. Um, I don't know if they're beholden to the community because I don't know if they're beholden to the competitive community because at the end of the day, I can have some games with club mates with very clear expectations of what we're going in for that actually it doesn't make difference. If I'm playing Gits and I'm playing someone, they know I'm playing Gits and they can take something that matches that level. So actually it doesn't necessarily matter that much. So I that's where I think we potentially disagree because I don't think GW need to change at all. No. What do you, okay then. Tell me, what do you think needs to change? Twitch chat, it's, your opportunity to, to The community comp is the answer to all of this. Okay. Fix the game by using data in a fast way with a quick process, right? We have so much information out there. Fix points, fix clear war scrolls that are broken. Buff armies with the legion's abilities if needed. But but certainly you can fix things on a point level initially, right? Yeah. Um, in a much more responsive way. Uh I would I would argue that that is also true as well. I think that one of the things that we have seen consistently, like as an example, uh, Owen for Hammer Time Eight, which is a TTS event, um, made the clear and distinct decision yesterday, uh, which was applauded by like people like me and Darren and other people. He was like, "Of course you're not using a battle tome." Uh, and they did this in Australia recently as well. Of course you're not using a battle tome until it's had its FAQ. <laughs> like, why would we allow that? Like, and that is a hundred. But like, I agree with you. I think TOs. Uh, have some uh, prudence. Actually, someone earlier in the chat said something along the lines of, why can't Silverneth Woods be placed within an inch of terrain or something? And I was like, do you know what? I'm gonna, After this, I'm going to go and look at that exact wording and I'm going to change that for the Super Series pack. Because why not? Like, I might even just have it. It can touch other terrain. It just can't go on top of the terrain. Like, like so, I don't understand but, but why... Is, these are things that, that at the time, maybe there was an argument that it should be within our outside of three inches or whatever. The, ignoring the fact that terrain was just a mess when it came out with AOS 2, we can make changes that improve our gaming experience. Why the hell don't we do it? It's As true. opposed to just bitching about like a rules team, like or a rules team that is under resourced, right? Because yeah. that's the issue. It's not that they're not good. It's that they're under resourced and don't have enough support. Um, I'd argue one of them is not good, but yeah, under-resourced is the is the main issue, and I agree with yeah. you 100%, yeah. Um, so it's an under-resourced team that we have, like, mad resources, because we've got, like, loads of people who would contribute to ideas on how to make a better game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we make GW's um, life easier, because then we suddenly have, like, this is this is working really well. You should take this and add it to your FAQ in the summer. It's true. It's true. Like, I think. I, can I say one of the reasons that I think comp has never caught on in the Age of Sigmar world yeah, is I mean, because it's... some of the leading voices, like I know Vince is like uh, is is deeply opposed to community comp, and I've always said that I'm against comp to a degree as well. It's why I created the Super Series because I like I was like, hey, by the way, guys, I'm introducing comp, but I'm making you all pretend it's something else. Like it's a it's a cool wicked band phase, and everyone's like, yeah, it's like really fucking ban skink priests <laughs> it's what like, like ban croak <laughs> but go on so so for me it's the, the whole game the idea of the aos community being against comp which i agree with is ironic because the game is created from comp right because like let's face it the initial war scrolls didn't have points there were no conversations around internal balance because they didn't exist right Zero. we then had mo comp 
we then had like the South Coast GT comp, and then we suddenly had AOS um, GHB, which was based on um, effectively Mo comp that it had evolved sort of twice, right? Yeah. It was a better game, arguably, like maybe, um, when you had balance and points. And no matter how much investment and resource GW do, even if they have double, triple the team, quadruple the team, it's still going to be less effective than the globe playing a battle tome for a month, realizing like that skink priests are really bad, making adjustments based on real experiences, not just a handful of play testers and a handful of rules. Well, like, I mean, which is which is what they base it on, right? It's just more data for the for the experience yeah. update. Yeah, I would agree. I think, and, and if to, you're going to run a run a tournament and you're going to make money, like I would argue that some the reason some people don't want to do comp is because they don't want to put in more effort in tournaments because that's where it becomes like this person's using this comp, this person's using another comp. You could have a global one and then adapt it accordingly. Uh, yeah, like I mean, like <laughs> like to take a current global comp which we're all okay with. Scorched Earth is two points, not D three. Like, we're all very okay with that. Like, no one's arguing. I think, like, it, it goes from, I think, uh, to finish my point off, that the idea of global comp um, or any comp system, it's always about who. And I feel like uh, putting putting your, like, uh, face in the fire of that is, is, is a drama as well. Because unless you're someone who can universally get everyone on board, and that's definitely not me. Uh, there's a whole bunch of people who think I'm a dick, and that's super okay. And there's a whole bunch of people who think, like, I'm great, and that's lovely too, and I appreciate all of you. Dicks and greats yeah appreciated um like is like where does that line get drawn and it's so hard to take away your external bias because of how you think the game should be right of how you think that should occur so i like i completely understand it but i think some of them like are to led and i would just like to see tos take a little bit of like um a precedent here i think ultimately it should always i i think throwing it to the community is a bit rough and it really should be about the game, the the player, the, not the players, the the company itself. I guess the biggest problem is someone's like, well, if you're unhappy with it, which I'm not unhappy with it, I'd like to point out because I, I don't play plan on playing Sinesh, so it doesn't upset me. But like, you know, nor Grave Lords based on the current War Scrolls. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> like, like, um. If I'm not like investing in it, I just won't play with it. Like I'll go find the fun, cool mechanics that I enjoy, and then I'll buy into that. That's what I do. I buy into the rules, as to often buying into the models. And or uh, if I, I don't like the models, but I like the rules, Marauders, example, I'll find something that looks like that I can do. Three D printers are there now, so now I can just like the rules and have a model that I like that fits the rules. So we're in a different kind of game space now, which is quite nice. But if you were really invested in the models and you really want to play with, let's say, Sinesh, I keep ragging on them, that's unfair. But like uh, something like that, then you end up being in this kind of like weird position where you're just like, cool, so what? I'm just bad for three years? It's like, yes. And the idea, by the way, let's just push back on this, that playing a bad army makes you better is, I mean, you get better playing any army. Long story short. Um, uh, so... Yeah. I yeah, think, but uh, so so the the idea that you have um, biases, everyone's biased, right? The rules team is biased, like intentionally or unintentionally. Um, the idea that people you can't get everyone together. At the end of the day, all you need to do is have one TO try it or um, test it or agree to it, right? And seeing if that provides a better experience for everyone in the tournament. Um, you need to have enough notice so that it's not changed, like 
one week before, but you can easily take lots of different feedback, do things that make sense based on the information you have, the information um, other people have and the experiences they have, and then adapt. Well, so like I, I was thinking about Bobo, right? Like or like LVO or something where there's like 200, 300 people, whatever, CanCon, yeah? Yeah. Like I would just, I would be tempted if I was running a TO, if I was running a, an event of that size to just go, you are the bin tier, or you're the bin players, you're the sin tier players. Like, and just almost have two like tournaments that are running concurrently. Yeah, so you're with your mates, you're having a laugh, you brought your trog herd, yeah, which are obviously brilliant, and we'll go five and zero clearly. Um, like, obviously, don't like get round round with me. Uh, and then you've also bought your change host, yeah. And your change host boys go and play with everyone else who's running that, and you all have some great times. And your trog herd boys are playing against people with uh, some dark shards, and you're all just being like, "Whoa, I've rolled so many dice and nothing's happened." It's like, "Fuck yeah, me too, bro!" Like, amazing, yeah. So like. All of the Sin guys have finished all their games in an hour, or they've never finished their game. Those are the kind of two different versions of that. Right? And you just have that. Because being aware of the information just means you can just have an honest conversation. It's be like, cool, this doesn't beat that. Nine times out of ten. I'll tell you where this is really fascinating. To If I can like bang on. I'm not sure about your time, but like, like because I could talk about this. Basically, but... I have nothing, nothing on. <laughs> so. Right? Uh, like... Talking to Tom and Neil on the WTC show, which we do on the the, the Sunday night at the moment uh, at seven thirty. If you guys want to go and listen, like it's super techy. But the way that the and we had the captain of Team England for forty k at the moment, he was on right, and he was just like categorically, this army beats that army. Here's the pairing process: that army beats that army, right? That's how it works. You should get for zero points or four points or ten points or whatever the situation is. They're calling the result of the game in the repairing process at a higher like that is polarizingly definitive. That's like you will do, get this or based on equal skill level, you win this game. And knowing that you're able to do that to a high degree of effectiveness, they're not right all the time, and sometimes dice and other stuff come into it. But knowing you can do that means that the game is inherently uncompetitive. That army will be that uh, no, army. That's that's not true, because that's just a rock, paper, scissors. Okay, yeah, all right. That comes back to the idea of rock, paper. Oh, I've lost your, I've lost your uh, audio there, Donald, sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, that comes back to rock, paper, scissors, and then dynamite, right? And that's where um, the game should be rock. Well, actually, maybe it shouldn't be, but for me, it should be rock, paper, scissors, right? Like, you've got... Um, three different types of armies and you know i beat one beats this two beats that three beats one um, yeah okay yeah good point that's a good point i hadn't, other, I hadn't included in that otherwise we play chess right like yeah. we might as well just play chess and bomb cloud it chess board yeah 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 that's true that's true that's a good point i hadn't brought that up thank you that's a really really good point super salient um i, I think uh so okay well i think my point was it was meant to reinforce the idea maybe it's throwing that under the bus now of, of of splitting a tournament because also someone pointed out in the chat like how much is this a big deal to your beer and pretzels guys and i think it is i think like the disparity between two armies or two different levels of book is enough that you can almost like separate them out and you give a better tournament experience knowing that you're the winner of the of the of the bin tournament yeah is brilliant yeah. Yeah, like you're like I'm the winner of this. Like I took the models I wanted, yeah, like that I wanted the stuff that I liked, 
and I played my heart out and I won a tournament. And the other guy's like, I had to play three like Seraphon mirror matches and then two change hosts and I took the tournament out. They're both super valuable wins. However, if you mix those two groups, which is what we currently have in tournament formats, it just is like a, it's a nightmare because this is the other point as well. And this is a key A to Sigma point. Donal, you're one of the best examples of this. A to Sigma players are belligerent fuckers. Like, they will not listen to anyone. They don't give a fuck what your opinion is. If they, you think their army shit, they don't care about what you've got to say. They're like, my stuff's the best and I will win with it. And you're like, the numbers say you won't. And they fucking carry on anyway. For years, in some situations. Steve Dooley. Uh, like, go on. To, to a point, right? But, but if you. So, answering the question, does it affect the beer and pretzels player? It does. But equally, they just do their own comps. So, I'm um, playing. Um, are going to be playing like 40k with a few friends we don't take the game very seriously it's it's just to catch up roll a few dice we're going to like eighth edition and we're just going to apply some rules to stop us like taking advantage of the game right that for me is what i want out of a beer and pretzels game um so i haven't even bought the ninth edition codex or rule book because i've had more rule books than games played um it does like it doesn't matter as long as I've got a framework for a game and then I can build a game that I enjoy out of it. It doesn't need to be ultra competitive. This is where trying to get a GW rules team to create a ultra competitive game that can't be broken just doesn't work because it can be by people who are either smarter, devote more time, take advantage. Right, like that's the the challenge. I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh- also, can I just shout out to Gimme who said Croak's mum is a dirty pond frog, and I'm really into just rent generally getting really viscerally a- against like characters in universe. Something I've decided that I'm like really into now. Yeah, like <laughs> Scragrot stinks some mushrooms, etc. Uh, is something I can get into. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, like, other than comp, have you got any other thoughts? I think splitting tournaments up in big big fields i think is fun uh someone pitchboard general said covid rule me uh, of six made me split on my two last 2k event i ran it into tier groups was really good there you go uh, i think that's interesting uh tristan makes a really good point that if i keep playing with an army and i keep losing i won't want to play anymore really fair really really fair that makes loads of sense as well so how would you feel if instead of comp there was just a flat out two tier list but, but how does that stop like a same divide as like when fantasy battles became AOS and ninth? Because ultimately you don't then mix with people. For me, going to a tournament is about like or going to an event because I no longer see them as tournaments because they're not tournaments because it's uncompetitive as a game. Um, for me, it's just an event now. Um, if I'm going to just hang out with half because I won't have the same things to talk about, like there won't be that much mix. I don't think. Well, doesn't it, doesn't it give you doesn't it give you some? Uh, my audio may have went. Okay, just everyone still give hear me? a moment. Yeah, we can still hear, brother. We'll just give him a moment. Um, uh, Eric Sorbin says disagree about splitting tournaments. Either organize tournaments for beginners and let the others as they are, or create a ranking system to make it fully pro. Hey, can you hear me, Rob? Can hear you. Yeah. Sweet. We can... Sorry, um, my headphones died, so sound quality may suffer. It's fine. <laughs> we can still hear. We can still hear you quite uh, well. Um, Eric Going to says, an event is about oh, yeah, hanging out with people um, and trying to take that away 
and split up it because then then if you're going to split it up then you can have like i'm doing a tier one weekend like vovo and then tier two is going to be the the sin weekend right yeah um that doesn't i don't think that answers the questions that you kind of want to address well what about if it's the same event is my point so let's say you're at vovo and let's say it's a 200 person event 100 tickets to sin 100 tickets to bit yeah and there's still the 200 people there hanging out playing games yeah and if anything it adds more there's like because when you're knocked out at something like the size of bobo like that's it you're done you're not winning the tournament right so then it's just four or five games you're getting drunk having fun whatever like that's where it is whereas if you split it up in two the field's a little bit closer but also you can there's two concurrent stories there's like a little bit more drama gossip everyone's a bit more involved like and your game is like your game is like, hey, I played my trog herd into again. I'm not just bringing up trog herd because it's bad, but I would put it into the bin tournament. Yeah, I'm playing my trog horde into, let's say, uh, I don't think hammer Halloween lancers are even bad, but like, uh, oh, um, uh, a living, living city, but like the, specifically the wayfinders path, like battalion. Yeah, because I think you could be quite nuanced with it. For instance, Hallowheart would go into the bin tier. Cities of Sigmar, not sorry, bin tier, the sin tier. Hallowheart build and probably um tempest die build those two cities would go straight into sin whereas if you're running the battalion from living city i'll probably stick you in the the bin tier and you like have a good time but you guys are having this like amazing interactive game and you're you can have that conversation with someone else who's in the 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 sin community and it's just (laughs) just great fun uh is in there and then i don't know i don't know i just because what's really important is I think events are the best part of this hobby. Like, I think painting's great, collecting's great, doing the show is great, but, like, I'm so emotionally invested in, like, going to events, hanging out with people, making new best friends. It's how I've met most of you, all of you. Like, it's the wonderful part of it. And so making those as enjoyable for people is now my core focus as a person or as a community member. Okay, so, so A, I think there's a couple of issues with splitting tournaments into bin tier, sin tier. One, we, we identified that some bin tier books have sin lit like super strong lists yeah. right do they go into the sin or and then where do you make that cutoff like if it has a slightly different character 10 less models in the unit etc like that becomes fairly arbitrary split up right so i think it would logically make it quite difficult then you have some some books are like some things are I, for me, that it becomes quite a challenge of the actual split, right? Yeah. Um, is then there there a sort of greater um, prestige with sin because it's the ultra competitive? So in which case, people don't might not want to play in the bin tier or vice versa. Whereas, for, like that's why I don't think necessarily just splitting the community, which is kind of what's being done due to inefficient Games Workshop rule resource, yeah. right? Versus compete like a community level comp that actually should help redress the balance of um of tones right like yeah. community led for me it's more trying to bring everyone to a similar level and instead of just going okay well because of inefficiencies in the process we're just going to split it into two different tiers yeah no i, I and and i hear you like and 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 i'm not saying that it's a perfect idea uh, in any way uh, royal mail said what happens when the ultra competitive guys fight the broken meta in the bin category and say people there all day long well see this is the problem you're you're thinking someone like games workshop would be responsible for it and it'd just be someone like me when i wouldn't be like no that's obviously a cunty list 
you go in the sin tier and they'd be like oh what bro and i'm like what do i look like a joke to you like this isn't this isn't how this works you wouldn't put like some halfway un like um interactive person in doing is community cool. comp just with a, a novel twist on it right like you're, <laughs> you're 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 doing exactly what timmy comp was back in many years ago right in the the mall events which were amazing because he used to just send lists back and he's like no i say no to this list <laughs> the, the thing is like, though I, I, let, let me be clear about this because when we're doing coverage i find the top sin lists fascinating like when watching them play against each other i find to be fascinating mirror matches i find fascinating watching a chain shows play against a luminous realm lord list i find fascinating the reason i like the sin guy is because i'm doing coverage or i'm watching a game there's more interaction more things are happening than two chud units just rolling fours against each other in combat. Like, it's more, there's more happening. Like, Texas isn't casting a spell because Croak's on the board. Like, there's so much stuff going off all the time. So I think that that's more interesting to watch, and it's also more interesting to be a part of. So, like, I'm for that in loads of ways. Yeah, great. Know. Just then add some rules to the to bin to make it more competitive. Add a command ability that works. Like, for ogres, um, don't give the, the Frost Lords the same command ability that is free to everyone. Yeah, that's true. Right? Like, like, you can easily make like changes to, to tomes to try to create internal synergies. If we identify what the problem is with... Um, uh, let's pick a, a Sinberg, right? Or a Binberg. If you identify a problem with Beasts of Chaos, what could we do that just creates some internal synergies to make the army work the way it should? Right, yeah. you don't need to make. In some cases, like gets, all you need to do is like is give sub factions which already exist, um, improve the allegiance abilities, and make it more incentivized to do something different than like debuff hordes. Right, yeah. that's all. Change the the trog um, boss war scrolls so that it's not d6 damage because for some reason that's pointed worse than damage five. Um, like there's simple things you could do to fix it. Um, that I think would work a lot better to to providing that dynamic experience and actually having like a global community comp, which if you're not running the tournament, you're just creating to make the community better, would be a lot better than individual TOs running diff different things. And then if you have individual TOs saying, actually, I disagree with some elements, I'm going to change it. That's great because they might come up with better ideas than what someone else produces. Yeah. I mean, there's loads, there's loads, there's loads. It's like, it's it's a fascinating subject and also really interesting as time goes on i think one of the things that's important as we do go forward is i would be disappointed and i know that because i was i'm going to throw my hat in the ring and already have done i'd be disappointed if in two years time we come back to this conversation it's still the same like half the books are good half the books aren't like people go to tournaments and and like it's it's like still have it, time. yeah 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 like I feel like I feel like that there's a really good kind of like conversation there about how at least TOs and also the environment as the community tries to improve the game wholesale for the people attending because I think that that has to be the kind of key takeaway because you're right Games Workshop are going to do nothing about it and one of the things that we should be focused on as a group is making sure we all have a nice time I mean we already do it right take a shower we put on some fucking uh links africa yeah we turn up with our armies that we painted yeah we smile we nod we shake hands and we try and have a good time we're already invested in making each other have a good time maybe now we just got to push that boat out a little bit further and how can we make it so it's all as fun as it can be really i think that's the key part 
Um, uh, so yeah, like, and how that goes, I don't know. It's an evolving conversation, which is why, Donal, thank you very much for coming on the show today and having yeah. that with me as a start. Twitch chat, thank you for all of your thoughts. And if you do have any more thoughts, I'd love to hear them. Be they video responses, be they uh, like whatever, like a, an essay or a blog post. I'd be, I'd be fascinated to hear how this conversation goes forward. Have you got anything that we think we left off the table, Donal? Um, no, I think I think we cover. I don't know if we actually had provided solutions, but we at least have have a good idea about um, ways you could approach it. I think when it comes to playing people in clubs or friends, at the end of the day, remember why you're playing, and there's no point in having have the open discussion beforehand about how competitive you want the game to be within the context of how competitive you can be. Um, yeah. So it's much better to just agree that we're going to have fun and not necessarily bring the things that make your game last three hours, um, roll a bunch of dice that nothing happens. Like agree what, have that conversation and enjoy it. Because that's why we play, right? Is to ultimately have a good time. And if you're not having a good time, what can you look internally to change that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I I think that, that social contract when you're playing locally is far different to what's happening at a tournament. Ultimately, a tournament is, as Donald says, it's there to win. You take the stuff to go to win. like Or it's an event where you go and play um, and you're having a good time. Those are very and different kind of experiences. They, they can be, it can be called a grand tournament, but at the end of the day, you approach it as an event or you approach it as a tournament. And if you want to approach it as a tournament and you're taking a bin list, like that's your choice it's very hard to compete um when when you're you know three four steps back <laughs> right? 18 18 steps back yeah, in some cases Agreed. which is why i really love the this idea of the global com because that is like for me that is the solution there are better ideas coming from people um than anything else yeah don't listen to pete don't worry don't let him throw you off yeah, <laughs> it's because I switched from headphones, so my fan is is working in overdrive. Well, I didn't expect this to go on for nearly two hours. It was meant to be an hour, so thanks for giving all of your time, Donald. It's been very much appreciated, and uh, and it's it's been a great chat. I've really loved it. I've been looking forward to it all week. Um, if you guys don't know, I was meant to have this chat with Donald on Wednesday, but I wasn't prepped enough. So uh, I just want to um, uh, thank him a lot uh, for for giving up his day today. Uh, for this chat and I want to thank everyone for tuning in live uh, listening to podcasts or anything else Donald any shout outs before we head out today I was going to shout out um, shout out Pete but he's uh, been difficult so I'll shout out my mate Johnny who joined the show today to watch me and I don't think he's watched you before so oh thanks Johnny uh, appreciate you uh, I just want to thank everyone in the chat it's been such a lively discussion I have read it all and like it's been really really good points there's been some really good stuff about like maybe change points up so like you have less maybe sin books only have 1800 points 2000 good point um, thanks everyone for subscribing donating some money thanks to Dave um, and uh, all the other people thanks to all of you for tuning in thanks to Tristan for the flowers thanks everyone on podcasts all the other stuff I shout you all out you're obviously brilliant thank you tomorrow uh, uh, join me again tomorrow where it'll be the Canadian show with the gorgeous uh, Dayton um, and there we go so we're going to go today but if you guys have never done this before we're going to go raid someone Donald you get to choose uh, would you like Super to raid shiny. would you like to raid a Warhammer person or something weird a Warhammer person because I think that the idea of we- raiding someone weird is just odd <laughs> so i guess it is weird uh all right so uh let's go find someone fun to raid uh that we haven't raided before there is someone raid uh, there is someone do you want someone who's like with a mid amount of uh, viewers or like no viewers 
I'll go for Minimite, not no. Okay, so in which case we've got Buddy Minis, who looks like they're painting up a Carnosaur, um, or Wargame Spirit, who's painting no, there's, up... There's someone who's got a cat, Cat Squig. A Cat Squig? What's their name? Uh, Crystal McDull. Okay, all right, sweet. Let's go read that person. Like the... Unless it's a misleading title. Uh, <laughs> okay here we go then uh don't forget if you do join us for the raid just make sure you say loads of stuff to them in the chat say hi i think one of the really nice things is ask them to ask them about themselves uh so we can kind of learn about the new streamers make the community a little bit stronger and tighten it donal thank you for being on the show you've been a treasure uh thanks for everyone for tuning in uh podcast bros just drink loads of water i can't currently drink any water here it's been locked off to the building so um yeah stay hydrated uh yeah it's been great love this chat uh so uh, can't Thanks, wait for guys. the 300 people to watch on youtube so <laughs> everyone have a great day look after yourself see you soon